If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Better Nation. Welcome to this brand new episode of Better with Dr. Erica. And you know me, I'm Dr. Erica. This episode discusses entrepreneurship, taking risks in the textured hair industry. My fabulous guest is Stephanie LaFlora, who is an entrepreneur and corporate consultant. As the founder and CEO of Crown Hunt, she has created a membership for stylists to access textured hair education, community, and resources for growing their hair business. Now, you might be wondering what questions we're going to answer. Let me tell you. Number one, what was it like starting a business during the pandemic? Number two, what is some advice for people taking the leap to become entrepreneurs? And number three, what are some updates about the textured hair industry? Now, whether you are an entrepreneur, looking for more freedom, or looking to take more risks, there is something for you in this episode. And also, no matter your hair type or ethnicity, you're going to find something helpful. So before I just go on and on, because I really love this episode, let's just get to it so you can hear it for yourself. Better with Dr. Erica. Hey, Better Nation, this is Dr. Erica back with another episode of Better with Dr. Erica. And you know me, I am your host. And you know I'm a double board certified Harvard trained psychiatrist, but you're listening to my podcast. So right now I am not your psychiatrist. So remember, this is for educational purposes only. If you want me to actually be your doctor, you got to go to the website and sign up and come into my practice. So don't be telling people Dr. Erica told you to do so and so and so and so like you my patient you know better but I am so excited to have you here you don't you know I keep talking about how excited I am and I think I've just given up excited just explains what I feel so much so before I just ramble and take you all the way around the world on some type of random detour because I'm just in that kind of mood today let's go ahead and get to it so I have the most wonderful guest and as you know I told you reading bios is no longer my ministry. And as I told you before, I had an almost near perfect score on the ACT. So I read really well. Now we're not going to talk about what year I took the ACT. It was a while ago. My guest today is the one and only Stephanie LaFlora and you are in for a treat. This is the one time I wish my stuff was video. Not so you could see me because I am freshly showered and shining bright like a diamond. But she is so gorgeous. I feel really bad that you all don't get this view of this wonderful lady that I get. But, you know, you can always go to our website and see all of that radiance coming right at you. 
So we'll tell you how to find her and then you can see her for yourself. So Stephanie, can you tell the people in Better Nation a little bit about yourself? Because no one can tell them about you like you. Yes, of course. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, yes, my name is Stephanie LaFlora and I am the CEO of Crown Hunt. And that is a platform and marketplace for curly hair products, services, and education. And I really came across the problem that this is solving through moving uh, for work. I come from a tech background um, in marketing and business development. And I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, that's great. But in my mind, I'm thinking you went somewhere without the Black Beauty Salon. Yes, I did. So I came to Colorado and I had, I was first of all, the first black employee at the tech company that I worked at. Uh, The town that I was working in, Boulder, has less than 1% black people. Mm. I knew no one when I moved. So what I discovered quickly was that word of mouth was the way I had always gotten my hair styled. And I was in this situation where I couldn't do that. And uh, Google search wasn't helping me. And so I started going to local salons and one by one, I was rejected from all of them because no, yep, because no one um, had the training to style my hair. And that's how Crown Hunt was born from the hunt for my own crown. And so uh, today we are educating stylists on how to style curly and coily hair through a subscription. And we are also empowering and equipping them with hair products that they can sell to their clients um, that also are for curls. I am 100% here for this. <laughs> I, I, Because I, I remember when I moved to Boston and I didn't have the hookup yet. And I also, we're, we're about to have a, we're going to have a, a black girl magic moment. <laughs> I did not have long hair, so I was not in search for the Dominicans. <laughs> Because, you know, at one point I was like, we just got to get to the Dominicans. I did not have enough hair for the Dominicans. (laughs) Like every region of the country kind of has a little bit of that. Like if you're in Chicago, at least when I was growing up, you were trying to go to the Egyptians because they're the ones who had they could do the best blow dryers. Mm -hmm. So I I feel you because that's how I actually went natural. My hairdresser gave terrible relaxers. And I realized my hair was almost virgin hair. So if there was a time to do it, it was then because it's like I had a whole head full of virgin hair because his relaxers were terrible. <laughs> and I have been natural since. <laughs> but it really was just out of the fact that I couldn't find a good hairdresser. Yeah, it's it's been incredibly hard for a long time. And so, um, you know, we really were trying to tackle, first and foremost, this problem of style is not actually being educated because Prior to 2020, um, really none of the schools, the cosmetology schools taught it at all. Like none of oh, the wow. ones that you know of, they did, it wasn't even part of the curriculum. Um, so we wanted to make sure that that was available to people who were out in the field. And I always say the hairstylists are some of the most industrious professionals in our country because they have figured out how to survive and thrive and hook us up and make us feel confident for all mm-hmm. the things that we go to. Um, you know, with very little resource. So this is meant to be a resource for them. And this is a great timing because I went to Bronner Brothers <laughs> this year. Yes, we went to that um, conference they had um, in New Orleans, actually, not in Atlanta. So we went down to Bronner Brothers and helped staff. They had a health pavilion this time. 
but it was just so amazing to see all of the things because I literally felt like all of the things were in there and it wasn't near as many of the things that the brief moment I went into Bronner Brothers in Atlanta mm, that, that that was doing the most <laughs> but in a super fun way um, but I'm I'm just excited to have this conversation and for a moment I just went back and was thinking because I don't spend a lot of time in the salon anymore partially for a couple of reasons one is I don't have that much hair so even if I was in the salon I was not there that long because I had time crunches. I, I couldn't deal with the, I'm in the salon all day waiting two hours to get my hair rinsed out. Um, but the other thing is, is I traveled so much that, so at one point my hairdresser taught me how to cut my own hair. Mm. But I, I was thinking about time in like the beauty salon and there's always some random TV with something random on. Mm-hmm. What have you been, have you been binge watching or what are you watching these days on TV? Oh my gosh. That is such a funny question. Um, man, like, honestly, I have been like not watching as much TV. I feel like, I'm, <laughs> like I'm not that boring person, not for real, but I have been slightly more lately. Uh, cause I've been so focused. I'm trying to think, but I can tell you shows that I love. Um, I will go for that. And I also will reframe. You are not boring. You are probably actually using your time well. <laughs> Raising these kids. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but no, I'm an HBO girl. So I'm always watching whatever's new on oh. HBO. Um, that's like one. Um, honestly, never have I ever on Netflix. That's, I still have to catch it out. It's really I should. good. Yep. And Upshaws. I'm always watching the Upshaws on Netflix as well. Oh, that was cute. It's that funny. So cute. I, you know, lately I've just been into like family shows. Uh, I think because my life is so busy and hectic and there's so much demand on me that watching anything that feels kind of wholesome, to be honest right now, is just like, except for the HBO shows, because, you know, HBO yeah. shows do the most. Um, that that just kind of gives me that centered, calm, okay. happy feeling. And something that makes me laugh, like Upshaws. I'm down for wholesome. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I enjoyed the, the shows. It was nice seeing Kim Fields back. Oh, I watch Korean dramas. I'm all up in. Okay. Now, everybody that's been listening knows lately, I've been all up in the Korean dramas with a slight detour with um, Sweet Magnolias. Okay. All right. Um, I like that. That's interesting. Which was. And I, now I feel like I need to sojourn to a small town again. Like I'm, I'm like, do I, is this telling me I need to go back to a small town? Cause it's like, I'll watch these Korean dramas and they're in these small towns in Korea. And then I watch Sweet Magnolias and it's some random small town in the South. I still cannot figure out if they're in South Carolina or Georgia because they are very close to South Carolina and that could be either. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's small towns are calling me again. Not for long. Cause you can find me in the A. As, um, is in so many songs by Usher and Outcast, but I'm I'm nowhere near as cool as either of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's so much new stuff now. Are they cool? No, I'm kidding. They still cool. <laughs> I mean, I, if I could make my schedule work, I'd go to Vegas and um, get some of that comedy. A friend of mine was actually at the Kiki Palmer show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they were there. The drama. The drama. Yes. That yes. It was so messy. 
It was. And I, I, I laugh because my platform, we talk about ways to be better, do better and live better. Mm. And I, I feel guilty because there are times where my the comedic influence from my life comes from black Twitter. <laughs> black Twitter is the greatest comedy on earth. You and, can and, be in such a bad mood. You could be having a really bad day. I mean, this is something that I do regularly. Just go through and just look at <laughs> memes. And it's just, it's just too good. It's too and good. I, I felt almost guilty because I'm like, this isn't my business. I don't think this is any of our business. But her baby daddy didn't know. He just, he made everybody's day better because there was so <laughs> much comedy. <laughs> I was like. So much comedy. And it, and it was free. But what's wrong? What's wrong with people these days? I don't I don't get it. I mean, why 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 are they embarrassing these women? They're really uh, embarrassing themselves, but some some of these folks just need to be older and remember life before the internet. <laughs> right, because you have my number. Why, oh, why I mean, do you call me? I, mean, I don't want to hear it at all about my outfit. I'm gonna be real. I don't want to hear it at all mm. about because that's why you here, because my outfit. So I don't want to hear it about the outfit, but You're I not- definitely don't want you putting it online. Because what does that do? Well, and that's the thing is back in the day, there was no online. So if you want to say something, you had to say it to someone's face, a gossip, literally 50 feet in front of them. It just was not this complicated. But I guess we should get back to everything else that we're going to talk about other than um, the black to the Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) So, so little birdie told me that you somehow decided to quit your job and start a business during the pandemic. While you had nerve enough to be pregnant. Tell us some more. <laughs> Give us the tea on that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, I think I I always say this all the time. I am not the keeper of time. Right. And that helps mm. me keep my sanity to remember that no matter what, I'm not the one who lines things up. And let me tell you, when I say I would have never lined up all these things on purpose, <laughs> not my intent. I do not profess to be superwoman. Don't want to be superwoman. But. I had been working on a bunch of different things at the same time and they just kind of lined up like that. Um, I had been working on crown hunt for a while and it just felt like this was the right moment to go ahead mm-hmm. and quit my job. And then when I let my company know that I was leaving, I found out three weeks later that I was pregnant. So that was not also planned. Um, mm-hmm. I had been trying actually to get pregnant for like two years, thought it wasn't even going to happen. And then it happened at all of that time. So that was a trip. I would not necessarily recommend it, but uh, you can do anything that you need to do. And that's what I did. <laughs> I I am 100% here for it. And I, I feel like there's always that huge, there's that one decision point where you're deciding you actually think you want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And one thing I can say about the pandemic is the pandemic made being an entrepreneur sound so sexy. It did. <laughs> I mean, it did. I mean, Clubhouse and everything, everybody was talking about being an entrepreneur, getting a bag, all <laughs> this stuff. And I became an entrepreneur in, was that, I guess, 2019. Mm-hmm. And I feel like no one talks about what it's really like. Yes. So it's like you see the shiny stuff and people are like, be an entrepreneur. You're going to get freedom. <laughs> You're in charge. It's your vision. But I, I feel like there are so many things people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. What are some of those things you feel like is real life being an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting out that folks just don't talk about? I mean, I think, first of all, being an entrepreneur is grown folks business. 
all that like if you got anything in you that's like triggered if you got anything in you that you need to work on whether it be your communication skills how you deal with others your trust your ability to communicate well your ability to um, handle challenges to stay um, hopeful when things don't look hopeful to come up with a new idea under pressure mm-hmm. like all the stuff that you have experienced in your life that was challenging you could just put that into a pressure cooker and then say that's gonna be your next year and so <laughs> like whatever the stuff is that you need to work on as a human being trust and believe you're gonna have to work through it when you when you launch a business and if you haven't you're going to figure out whether or not you can get to the other side of those flaws. Because it will all be challenged. So I think that's one huge thing. I think another one is that um, it takes time sometimes to figure out um, what works. And sometimes you take the leap when you think it was going to work and then it didn't work. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do about that. And that's just part of the journey. And I and I, the story that everybody sees is the one where there was a problem and I decided that I was going to solve it. And then I made this great thing and it solved the problem and everybody thought it was great. And I made lots of money. Like the story don't go like that really at all. The story goes, I saw a problem. I thought, hmm, I wonder if I could fix that problem. I finally took the leap to do that. I tried this thing that did not work. I tried this other thing that also did not work. I thought about quitting because it looked like nothing was going to work. Then I decided I'm going to try this one more thing and maybe that worked. Like that's how it goes. It's not this, um, it seems like people, entrepreneurs that are successful had this brilliant plan and, and it all worked out. It's just a series of experiments, to be honest. And um, with intelligence, you know what I'm saying? With data, with research, it's not just done in a vacuum, but it's still a series of experiments. And so when that's what you're doing, you don't know what's going to work. And during that journey, while you're trying to figure out what's going to work, sometimes you buy yourself, sometimes you broke, sometimes you're using credit cards, sometimes you don't know how you're going to pay for stuff. You know what I mean? Sometimes you were sure that something was going to work and then it didn't. And then also sometimes you get a call and it's like amazing and a huge opportunity. So it's kind of both happening at the same time. And you got to figure out how to stay motivated, but also how to stay afloat during all of that. And that is not easy. It's hard. It's really, really hard. It's much harder than I thought it would be. I was cocky when I came in this. I was, I ain't gonna lie. I was like, oh yeah, I got this. You know, like if anybody can do it, it's me. Like that was me. Yeah. So I'm saying, even if that's you, prepare to go through it. (laughs) Like that is, Mm -hmm. it's the real deal. Um, So yeah. (laughs) So how, how did it feel? How did it feel on the inside when you decided I'm going to take this leap and make this work hook or crook? I was terrified. I am a reluctant CEO. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. I did not want to start a business. It was not my dream to be an entrepreneur, but I have this relentlessly creative mind that never stops serving up things that I should try. And I'm wildly curious and it's hard for me to tell myself no once I just got to see what's around the corner. And so it was more from curiosity and creativity and wanting to solve this problem than it was some aspiration or like dream for myself to be an entrepreneur. Because I've seen entrepreneurs up close and personal and it always looked kind of miserable to me. 
Um, so honestly, I didn't have that fantasy. I tried so hard not to become an entrepreneur. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm in tech. I'm doing well. Every time I would get the uh, temptation to go launch a company, I would just go after a promotion. And when I would get it, I'd be like, well, clearly this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I really was trying not to do that. And it just would not leave me alone. It just wouldn't. And I just thought, I have to find out what's on the other side of this. This is really um, something that just is just on my back and I can't get this monkey off my back. I got to go. I have to do this. So that's really what made me do it. So when when you were dealing with these thoughts, it's like, I, I don't want to do it, but I got to do it. Are you someone that meditates or prays or has silent time? Do you feel like those messages were coming to you in those times or other times or some of all of it? It was a little bit of all of the above. I do pray and like, I definitely was feeling that there. Um, I think I also was really motivated by what the company could do for others. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking about, well, if this is successful, think about how many other people this is going to help. And so I, I, I could push myself when I didn't feel like being pushed because I had that on my mind. I also really believe in people seeing someone else try something, whether you succeed or not. If you do it with integrity and courage, it does motivate people. It does make people feel like, you know what, I'm going to go for it myself. And it's like, I always say, even if that's all I did was motivate the next person who made something that oh, made gosh. a difference to do it, then that would be totally worth it. But it also kept coming to me because I was telling people about my ideas with Crown Hunt and they would keep asking me. Every time oh. I would get my hair done, my hairstylist would be like, did you do it yet? Every time I would go, you know, I would see friends I hadn't caught up with in a while. They'd be like, did you start that thing yet? Is it ready yet? Like, it kept like it couldn't go away and this is all while i'm like mm, i just got a new promotion i ain't going uh-uh, i'm not doing that because to me entrepreneurship looks stressful it looked like i like money okay mm-hmm. i i'm never trying to be broke so <laughs> for me it was like nah nah that route right there that journey is for people who are ready to risk it all and i was like she ain't ready to risk it all um but it just wouldn't let me go man so I, I, I can't am. be mad at that. It, it sounds like the universe kept sending you sign after I sign. I really sign. did. <laughs> I but, <laughs> but but I, I love this piece of the conversation because I have this construct of these the better seven, these seven essential areas that are important for you to be better, do better, and live better, and ultimately have that life that you were truly created for. And one of the big ones is silence. And I was actually having a conversation with David Miller for another episode the other day. And we were talking about all of all of these downloads you get when you're actually able to be still enough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to hear yourself, the universe, God, whatever your higher power is. But to to be able to really hear that and also be able to have authentic and honest conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I love that you're also including what some of that self-talk was because that's also one of those better seven is those conversations which you're having with yourself like, this sounds great, but nah, this is comfortable. I want to do this. Do I really want to do this? Yeah, I, I, I really try to just be so honest and transparent with myself. And then I really am adamant about actually displaying those things like on my social media and stuff. I'm always posting about like, what am I going through in my mind? What am I thinking through? Because people tell you a lot about the results, 
they don't always tell you about the journey, especially the mental part of the journey, which I think is the most significant because mm -hmm. this journey of entrepreneurship is one of perseverance and grit. And it's hard to have that without your mental being together. And so I am very adamant about like really having those conversations that you need to have and being really real with yourself about the reason behind what you're doing and just like continuing to have hope when it don't seem hopeful mm -hmm. and continuing to have new ideas and continuing to get up, you know, and I'm very, um, I just love meeting people at that moment where they're at this crossroads of, I think I could do it. I love that moment. Mm -hmm. I love being a cheerleader in that moment, being like, oh yes, you can definitely do this. Like go for it. Like I'm just that person. And so this experience gives me satisfaction on a lot of different levels but one of the main levels is that i get to be a person who says i'm doing it too so i know what it's like to be out there and putting yourself out there and you can keep going and i can keep going i just love being an example of what i'm trying to communicate to people in the world better with dr erica it's time for ask dr erica now people often ask me what is a psychiatrist what does a psychiatrist do let me go ahead and tell you. So let me first be honest. I didn't really know what a psychiatrist did until I was in medical school. So you're already ahead of me. So the first thing to know is psychiatrists have a lot of education and we are medical doctors. So psychiatrists do four years of college, four years of medical school, and at least four years of general psychiatry residency. Now we can specialize. So you may have some extra years on top of that. So for example, I'm also trained in child and adolescent psychiatry. So that's two extra years of fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry on top of everything I already mentioned. So as I said before, we are medical doctors since we went to medical school, so we can prescribe medication, but the important fun fact is that is not all we knew. We can also do therapy. And as doctors that specialize in thoughts, feelings, and behavior that are trained to also recognize when mental health symptoms are caused by other physical illnesses, we have a special place in the mental health treatment. Consequently, you can think of us as thinking and feeling doctors. And one of the cool things about psychiatrists is since we're medically trained, we also end up doing a little bit of assistance in boosting what primary care does by having a little bit more time with our patients so we can discuss their medications, how they may be impacting how they're feeling, and also some lifestyle modifications that not only help with mental health, but help with physical health also. So now you know what a psychiatrist does and you don't have to be afraid of us. We're not all strange people with a million problems that are gonna dope people up. Cause I feel like those are all the myths. So I just wanna make sure that you are well informed and know that we are here to help. And also if you start listening to me talking, you're like, oh, I want Dr. Erica to be my psychiatrist. You can always go to goodwinmed.com, goodwinmed.com to learn more about my medical practice, Goodwin Medical Associates. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. I love that you, you have so much positive energy. And one thing that I can see very, very, it's very obvious that you are a change agent. Thanks. You could, you could fight it, but you ain't going to win. <laughs> I really tried. I'm <laughs> you, you're not going to win. That was not, y'all don't understand. Like I was trying to be like an artist, like a, like a writer, you know, filmmaker. Like my journey was to be tatted up, to be like crazy hair to like, I wanted to be like, 
And I'm still committed to these things, by the way. But I was really trying to be like indie, like in yeah. my own world. I'm not an extrovert, even though I seem like one. And so I just was like trying to be in my own little world, just making cute stuff and getting it out there, making money. Um, so being any in any kind of public facing thing was never what I was like passionate about. But um, you know, when it calls to you and you feel like you got some work to do, you you do it. So I'm curious, hearing about your journey, what do you feel like your purpose is? I think my purpose is to encourage people radically and to live a life that is so transparent and also um, adventurous that I encourage people to do the same. Whether or not I'll succeed in my endeavors as an entrepreneur, I don't know the answer to that. But I do know for sure that I will be an example of courage and grit and um, honesty along the way. Like, I'm not trying to give you perfect patty. Like, that ain't me at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not close to that. And so showing people the real of the journey and having the courage, your journey is not my journey. I don't know exactly what the thing is that's in your heart, but maybe I can be an example that that following what's in your heart is something worth trying out and that you have an ally in the trenches, uh, you know, with you while you make that leap and to encourage you along the way. Can I just put you in my back pocket? <laughs> just wondering. <laughs> I, it really is my favorite thing. Like it, it really is my favorite thing. I did the series before I um, started crowd hunt. I just did these, it's still on YouTube. If anybody want to look, um, it was a series of pep talks. And this was like actually along my journey of making it to this point where I launched Crown Hunt. I, I take walks religiously. Like I really okay. take walks very important for me. And during my walks, I had started just recording these pep talks that I would be giving to myself. So it's almost like an audio diary. And so I would listen to them later and just like on a good, because you know, you have those days where like you're just so aligned with who you are and what your purpose is and why you're here. And you just know, you just feel so confident in who you are and what you got going on and nothing can like stop you. Those days I would record myself and I would give myself a pep talk because then you have the other day where you don't feel good and you feeling depressed and you don't feel smart, cute, nothing. You just like, I don't even know why I'm here. So I would listen to those recordings on those days of like, but it will be coming from this really genuine place because it was in that space when I was there mentally and I would listen to those to encourage me. So I started posting those on uh, YouTube and doing these little pep talks for folks. So I could be in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> See, she said, she said, look at the YouTube. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. I, I am not, I am not mad at that at all. Cause I, I can definitely say that one of the things that struck me on this journey to entrepreneurship and I was talking about it to my therapist earlier today is I, I didn't have work-life integration. I had 100% work-life balance before I became an entrepreneur. You could have seen me in encyclopedia. Was it Britannica? Yeah. Wagnalls. You could have seen me in the Oxford dictionary. There was another dictionary. Oh, Miriam Webster. Or you'd see me on the Wikipedia, a little picture of me, like work-life balance would be like me going, Because hey. <laughs> I, I worked about eight, eight and a half months a year. And when I wasn't working, I wasn't working at all. I was chilling and living the life. 
I became an entrepreneur and I think the thing that's hard for me is, as you were talking, I remember what it was like to make great money and to have an abundance of time off to travel the world and hang out and play with my friends' babies and, and just chill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I think you one of, <laughs> I wanted freedom. <laughs> now we got to just get... I'm in that transition point, and I think what's interesting in entrepreneurship, and I feel like a lot of people don't talk about it as much, is kind of that beginning where you have the great idea, you know what the what people need, but you don't know how to get people to really pay for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that period where you thought you knew what you wanted to do, but you needed more brand clarity. Mm-hmm. Then you finally get the brand clarity. Then you have to do the brand awareness and build the brand and build recognition. Mm -hmm. And then you finally get paid. Mm -hmm. And that journey at the beginning where it's like you're doing one other thing that is funding everything else. Like the business is in the red. And some my contract work was funding all the businesses in the red (laughs) because they just weren't ready. You have to start somewhere. And, you know, I feel like there are a handful of people that whatever they think of first hits. But that's a handful. Um, <laughs> right. I was, I was not them. And I'm also a shades of gray person. Like my natural inclination is to see all sides of a situation mm-hmm. that, that is good for crisis management and planning, but it took a while to actually niche down and have more concise language because I could see every side of a situation, which is not the best way to be in sales. <laughs> Was not effective, you know. I'm like, I want you to feel, want you to feel great. <laughs> What's it's great? Hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's definitely difficult. Um, you know, there's like this real journey to get to product market fit, which is what you're talking about, where people are like willing to pay for, you know, what it is that you are offering that you have a compelling enough value. And there's a journey there because sometimes you have a, a sense of there's a problem. But getting that precise solution to that problem is a journey. And there's only a couple of ways to go about that. You can work a job and you can do it on the side until it's making enough money in order for you to quit. That's hard because it's hard to actually have enough time and energy to put towards something to get to that point. Um, You know, especially if you have family or anything like that. The second option is for you to save up enough money to quit and then do the work yourself Mm -hmm. um, from there and bootstrap it to the point where you're making enough revenue. And then the other option is to raise money. And in a way I've kind of done all three. Um, I saved up money for like a year to be straight. Um, So I quit my job at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I also raised money through venture firms and through um, a crowdfund. Um, in order to help support what we were doing. And and then and then the last couple of months, I've been bootstrapping. So I've literally like had every single part of this journey. And I think that exploring how you want to do that and what the compromises are for each of those options is critical. And it changes what that early season for you looks like. Because if somebody else is giving you funding and they they funded your early stage Mm -hmm. company, they are going to want very specific results in a very specific amount of time. But Mm -hmm. you also won't be struggling because you have funding to cover your needs and the business needs. 
So there's just like compromises all over the place of, of how you want to do it. And sometimes you can't really figure that out until you just get out there and try some stuff and learn about it. And that was really my approach. Yeah. I had, I had sat on the sidelines long enough and I, you know, everybody doesn't start because of what they don't know, but you can't know everything. Some stuff you Mm -hmm. can't know until you start. And so that was the conclusion I had gotten to. And now I've had a lot of different experiences related to that, to, to inform what I'm doing now. And, you know, I think because there are so many ups and downs and so much discovery in this process. It's one of the reasons why I work with a lot of entrepreneurs also with my mental health practice, because one of the things I think that is one of the most valuable underutilized tools in entrepreneurship is a therapist. hundred percent. I'm super pro therapy, like super pro therapy. Um, in fact, you know, one thing that I haven't really talked about before on any other interviews, but I think it's relevant, particularly to this audience is like, I'm on antidepressants and I was on antidepressants before um, I launched this company mm-hmm. and before I got pregnant. So here's fun fact for people who get mental health stuff. I told my job I was leaving. Three weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. At that point, I made the decision not to continue doing the uh, antidepressants while mm-hmm. pregnant, which is a choice for everybody to mm-hmm. make on their own. Um, but that was the choice that I made. So literally the most intense season of my life, I raised money. I was in an accelerator. I quit my job. I was pregnant. I was sick and pregnant and I wasn't on any of the meds I was on before. So it was a real test of mental strength and the way that I Mm -hmm. supported myself during that season for anybody else who might, you know, be dealing with similar things is I made very regular appointments with my therapist. My therapist knew what was happening and that I was going off of the um, antidepressants. My husband knew what was going on. We had this open communication where like, hey, if you see me and I'm looking like I ain't right, then you have open door to talk to me um, about that and then we'll figure it out from there. And then also for myself, if I wasn't feeling good, then I would talk about it. And I had like really like lock that down to support me during that season. And I got through that season pretty well, even though I had so much going on because I think partially because I had really created that support for myself um, right from the beginning. And I appreciate your transparency. And it, ironically, I was on a program not too long uh, hosted by Birthing the Magic Collaborative talking about people and women preparing for um, right after the birth, the, what was previously called the fourth trimester and forward. And we, I actually had recommended it's like if you're you're going to get pregnant, you want to get a therapist ahead of time. <laughs> it's just a lot. And I think a lot of times people underutilize these resources. And it's like you're going into these situations where life is going to pull you in a lot of directions. There are going to be so many things pulling on your capacity and so many things you want to do, time that's not there, that it's just nice to have a safe space that is 100% dedicated to you and your healing. 100%. And sometimes therapy can be expensive. So if you're a mom and you're having a baby shower, consider people donating to a therapy fund. Like I think that being transparent like that is really helpful. Um, And getting the support that you need is the most important um, because like I definitely needed that and it's been super helpful and important in my life. And I'm very pro like, just being really transparent about mental health and letting people feel like it's normal. We live in a crazy society. 
we have so much going on. It's not unusual actually to need some additional support. And when you get it and it works, it's just like life changing for you and your family. Well, and that was the one thing that I was um, thinking about last night was when I work with people, it's technically it's one-to-one. Mm-hmm. But when someone feels better or changes their behaviors, it impacts everyone that's in their ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So when when you're healthier, then everyone you touch gets better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's just something super important. But I want to make sure we circle back to the wonderful world of the crown hunt. Mm-hmm. And what what's what are the trends? What's going on with the wonderful world of natural hair? It's really interesting. Um, I, I I was just on a revolt um, news last week and we were talking about um, relaxers and how relaxers have declined so much, but then there's kind of starting to be this little mm-hmm. interesting uptick. And I, I think that what's happened in natural hair is super fascinating. First of all, um, you know, more and more people have embraced natural hair. When I was growing up, almost nobody had Mm -hmm. natural hair. We all relaxed our hair. My first relaxer was at like four years old Mm -hmm. and my hair was relaxed until I was probably 21. Um, Mm -hmm. I think might've been right around when I stopped relaxing my hair, like right around and then college. And so a lot of people have had similar journeys. I think that there's some certain trends that have led to that. One is people are embracing their natural selves all together, right? Like, and you're seeing that everywhere, not just within the black community, not with just in hair, you're seeing runway models walking down mm-hmm. runway with stretch marks and with, you know, cellulite and like just curvier bodies. And like the reality is that this beautiful thing is happening right now in our culture where we are starting to really embrace ourselves just as we are. And I think that that is only helping, you know, um, support this natural hair movement. But then also people are really rejecting a lot of harsh chemicals in everything. Again, like not just what you put on your hair, but what you put on your body what you put in your laundry like people are really thinking about ingredients a lot more than they used to be thinking about them and so all of these things i think are leading to this um moment that we're having right now where people are really interested in their natural hair and you're seeing it in places you wouldn't have seen it before like megan the stallion's yeah. got curly hair right now or like ice spice for my gen z folks listening you know, like she's wearing her natural hair in her music videos. And that's not something you would normally see. Like that's like the yeah. last, that's the last place where the natural hair would find mm-hmm. itself, you know? Um, and so I think that people are just really loving on themselves. And 2020 really crescendo things as well mm-hmm. because all of a sudden people, first of all, didn't have access to their hairstylists. So they were now doing their hair themselves mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out what to do and they were kind of looking in the mirror like you know what i actually like her i'm too bad she's cute you know and so um i'm excited about that i think people should be able to wear their hair however they want and if it just happens to be the way that it grows out of their head then great better with dr erica Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. Better with Dr. Erica. 
Well, and I love just having, being at a place where people feel like it's an option. Because I feel like when I was growing up, it didn't, you know, once you got out of the age, you wore braids. It didn't really feel like it was, it was an option. Yeah, I agree. Which is wonderful. But I realized at some point I have to set you free to go back to your own life, even though I could hang out with you forever, (laughs) ever, ever, ever. Um, So let's go ahead and transition to the speed round because you've already said so much good stuff. Okay. So the first one is what is the best compliment that you've ever received? That I make people feel like they can be themselves. Ooh. Ooh, I'm here for it. I guess I will be listening to your uh, inspirational talks in the park. (laughs) Just give me on Instagram. That's where most of it is. On the walks, on the YouTubes. Um, What is one piece of advice that you'd like to give to your younger self? You are who you think you are. You are creative. You are talented. You are kind. um, And, and, oh, oh. Your rebellion is exactly what you need to get where you need to go. Because I was very rebellious and I worried about that. And there was pros and cons to that. But the biggest win was that I figured out um, what was for me and what wasn't for me by exploring everything. I I didn't know we were going to be for the rebellion. Oh, yeah, we fought a rebellion. Is this the, the revolution is not televised, but mm-hmm. right now it's on uh, it's, it's on the socials. <laughs> it's on your phone. I feel like there needs to be a remix of Gil Scott Heron now. <laughs> I agree. That would be dope. Because <laughs> right now it isn't totally televised because, you know, they hide the news, but you, you might find it somewhere. <laughs> the revolution is in the algorithm. <laughs> Girl, don't get me started about the algorithm. I still think somebody made a deal with the devil on that one. Because I'm like, this is too good. (laughs) I know y'all are geniuses in the tech world, but I feel like someone had a conversation and made a deal because this is is sorcery. (laughs) It does feel that way, for sure. Oh, I just downloaded one of those apps to limit my social media time. Because I was like, I'm losing too much time. Because it's the stuff that happens when you're sleepy. So you're like, I don't have brain power to do anything. Let me look at these videos. And then you look up and all the time passed. So I was like, no, we that has to end immediately. So You're better than me. I just give in. I feel like I need some vices in my life. That's a, that's a simple one. I have other ones. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's binge watching Korean dramas. <laughs> you know what? What your soul needs. And, needs. and anything Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. I'm with you I, on Star Wars. I That's just read my house that like whenever uh, it's like, what should we watch? Don't say Star Wars. I know. I just rewatched all of Clone Wars getting ready for Ahsoka. Oh, so, yes. You my girl. So, so, so yes. And, and, and every time I see all of the Jedi gaslight her, including Mace Windu, who I want to love because in real life, he's Samuel Lil Jackson. But <laughs> Man, it just hurts my heart every time I see that episode where they gaslight her. But um, we're not going to go down that road right now. (laughs) The last one is, what is your superpower? What is my superpower? Um, I'm going to say, I never run out of ideas, ever. You could put me in a contest and you could say, all right, idea one, idea two, and 30 days later, we could be on idea 10,000 and I would never stop. I will always have ideas. 
Um, so I'll say that that's it. Oh man. When you said that, um, you probably don't know this is your first time meeting me. My brain moves like Allie McBeal and everything goes to random <laughs> song references, but they usually are not current songs. <laughs> so that all I could think of is that puppy song and May's like, can't stop, won't stop. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> but worse being the Dave Chappelle version. Um, but yes. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I know. I'll be like, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. I spit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I rip it out of him. <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, I don't know what's going to happen to these kids because I feel like I have so many great memories of times that will never be redone, but I'm sure they will. They'll make their own memories and have their own iconic pop culture moments. It will just be very different than ours. Cause I won't even lie. You said ice. I've seen ice spice posted and I'm like, but I don't remember a spice girl named ice spice. Who the heck is this? Ice girl. She I'm like, I'm like, there isn't a spice girl named ice spice. What is this? I was like, did some of them get an alias? (laughs) You know, I like probably pay more attention than I should to pop culture. I just love it. I just love, I think it's a real, it's a caricature of a, our actual culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I find that fascinating, like as a social experiment. I just think it's so interesting. Like the psychology to me uh-huh. of pop culture is, I, I love it. I just, I think it's great. It's never a dull moment. No, never. never. The internet keeps me cackling all the time. <laughs> I'm here for it. So do you have any final words or takeaways for the people on the airways? Uh, sure. Yes. First of all, if you are a stylist and interested in learning more about curly hair, um, you can go to crownhunt.io to do that. If you are a, uh, entrepreneur that is trying to figure out how to do this and not feel alone and not lose your mind, or maybe sometimes lose your mind and get a little comfort. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Stephanie LaFlora. Um, and yeah, I'm just I just think that I want to encourage whoever is listening to keep going. Um, I know what it's like to be in the trenches and still have hope anyhow. And even when you're in the trenches, you're still doing good work, because even if you never actually do the thing that you set out to do, you having the courage to try does something for somebody else. So it's never a loss. I feel like I need a full round of applause <laughs> right there. Just right there. You you stole the thunder for the last question, which is where can the people find you? You already told them, but is there anywhere else you want them to find you? Um, Yeah, actually, I'm going to do a, a quick uh, shout out for my other business, which is called Moxie AI. We are a marketing company uh, helping people tell better brand stories and stop the scroll. So um, Moxie AI on Instagram, learn more about us. Oh, I'm down for that. Stop the scroll. Because I had to just pay for an app to make me stop to scroll. <laughs> Apparently, I was not left to my own devices. So the first thing I have to say is, oh, my God, Stephanie, you are amazing. So thank you for taking time out of your super busy life to do quality time with myself in Better Nation. The next thing is to all of you in Better Nation or, hey, you're part of Better Nation, even if this is your first time listening. I want to tell you. Not just thank you for listening to us and trusting us to be in your ears, but I have to say thank you. Say thank you to yourself. Say self, thank you. Because guess what? You showed up for you. You took time out of your day 
to listen to this podcast to make you better and make space for you. Because you know I'm all about putting you back in your life and you took a step to put you back in your life. So thank you. My last final thought, and you know, I've been having a moment with my little quote, my quote cards from the Tarjay. I keep reminding you, Tarjay is not paying me. I think Tarjay needs to pay me as many times as I say Tarjay. Because I love the Tarjay. The one that popped up is success is following the pattern of life one enjoys most by Al Cap. I don't know who Al Cap is, but you can Google him. Um, And just there's power in redefining success. I feel like a lot of the ways we were brought up to look at success ends up being soul crushing, soul sucking and sends us down a path of living a life that is not authentically ours. It can send you down a path of living a life of chasing something that someone else told you to chase that may not even be something you care about. So I want to encourage you to take some moments and some quiet time, because you know we talk about the silence, and, and start really thinking about what do you actually enjoy and how can you do more of that? And how can that not be something that gets five minutes on a Tuesday and then Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is something else. So I want you to think about what success really means to you and what do you actually enjoy? So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Dr. Erica. I, you know, you all, every time you listen, you feel my love bucket because my number one love language is quality time. So thank you so much. Thanks again, Stephanie. Thanks to you all out in the airways. I got a couple things I need you to do. Number one is if you like what you heard, please subscribe or follow. That helps me get more content to you. Plus it lets you know about some bonuses and I'm actually about to record some bonuses and you don't want to miss these bonuses. And I'm not just saying that because I have a bit of self-esteem. The second thing is if you like what you heard, please rate Give me five stars. I'm going to go straight Uber driver on you. Please rate five stars. Appreciate you. And the last is review. If you can leave some reviews, that's really helpful. Um, It helps me get more content to you because I want to keep getting you great content and making your life better because we are better with Dr. Erica. So this is enough for today because I can't give you everything today. I got to give you more stuff on another day. So until next time, have an even better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now, don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible, but I appreciate hearing your feedback check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.